0: Welcome to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now your host, Rick Hughes. morning and welcome to The Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next few minutes, please stay with me. It's going to be a time of motivation, a lot of inspiration, a whole lot of education, but we do it as you know, I've told you before, no manipulation. That's right, no hidden agendas. We are not going to ask you for money. We're not trying to sell you anything. Our job is simply to give you accurate information, information that I hope will help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. And if you can do that, then you can orient and adjust the plan. That's up to you. But my job is to get it accurate and to get it right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with me. And I pray over the next few moments that this show will be a challenge to you, and it will encourage you as you live your life in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the greatest problem that many of us have is our sin nature. We have a sin nature. Now, you've heard it said, and the Bible's clear, that we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So we have three different enemies as believers that we must defeat. The world, the flesh, and the devil. A lot of people oftentimes say the devil's after me, or the devil's trying to get me. And that's technically wrong, because number one, Satan is not omnipresent. God is. God is omnipresent. God is eminent, He's transcendent. He isn't limited to one place, but Satan is a created being and he is limited to one place so he cannot be in America and in Russia at the same time and Satan probably is not messing around with you there are fallen angels and we call them demons the Bible is very specific about that and these demons do tempt us they do throw obstacles in our path but Satan himself listen if you can't get past your flesh And if you can't get past the lure of the world, why would Satan even worry with you? And so let's talk about that for a minute. You have a sin nature, and you inherited this sin nature from Adam. The Bible's clear about that. For by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and now death has passed upon all. For all have sinned, and all have come short of the glory of God. We have a sin nature that we inherited from Adam. When we're born into this world, we are born with a body, and some people have short bodies, some people have tall bodies. Some people have kind of squatty bodies, and some people have skinny bodies and fat bodies. But we got bodies, and uh, we have a soul. Everyone has a soul. That's part of the immortal part of you that's going to live forever, your soul. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, your soul will inherit a new body in eternity called a resurrection body. But you have a soul. And you have, when you're born, Adam's original sin imputed to you. That original sin from Adam is given to you at the moment of your physical birth. God imputes soul life and Adam's original sin to the genetically formed sin nature inside of you. Therefore the Bible tells us that every person who is born physically alive is born spiritually dead. And the sin nature is the result of that. So look here, this is what the Lord Jesus Christ says, you must be born again. He's not talking about a physical birth, he's talking about a spiritual birth. You were born dead spiritually when Adam's original sin was imputed to you. You became dead. And when you believe in Jesus Christ and receive Him as your Savior, you are made alive or you have a second birth. Your human spirit is born again. So at physical birth you have a body and you have a soul but you have no human spirit. It's spiritually dead. You believe in Christ, accept Him as your Savior, you're born again spiritually, so now you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And when you die, as you will, then the body and the soul, the body goes to the grave. But the soul and the spirit are going to go to heaven, and they're going to be reunited with a resurrection body. But as long as you're here in this body, this body of corruption, this body, you have a sin nature. and. I don't care who they are, whether it's a little old lady or a little old man or a teenager, everybody has a sin nature, and that sin nature has different trends, different patterns, different areas of weakness, different areas of strength, different lust patterns. Everybody's sin nature is like that. It's composed of an area of weakness, and this is the source of temptation and then it has an area of strength and this is where human good comes from for example the the trend toward legalism in the bible self-righteousness is one of the things that our lord combated the pharisees were the most self-righteous group of hypocritical religious people the world had ever seen and they were indeed the ones who plotted to kill the lord jesus christ and uh, they assumed that they were spiritual because they kept the law, supposedly. They actually invented the law as they went along. And so you have a sin nature. I have a sin nature. Paul the Apostle has a sin nature. And Paul made it very clear when he said, I don't understand. He said, I want to do what's right, but I keep on doing what's wrong. And this is in Romans 7.15. And he said, it's clear that it's sin in me. So let's take a look at your life. Here you are, here I am, sitting here recording this radio show. Do I have a sin nature? Yes. Does my sin nature tempt me on a daily basis? Yes. Does my sin nature cause me to sin? No. What causes me to sin is my volition. When my volition makes a decision to follow the temptation, then I sin. My sin nature cannot force me to sin. My volition makes that decision. So the sin nature is the source of the temptation, but the volition is the source of the sin. Your sin nature cannot make you sin. It can only tempt you to sin. And if you choose to give in to your sin nature, then you cannot live the Christian life and serve God. Because the sin nature will dominate you. It will control you. And that doesn't mean you're not a Christian anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Christians that get out of fellowship with God are Christians who allow their sin nature to control them. Now think about it this way. If you draw two circles on a piece of paper, One of those circles could be your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, your Lord. And it is an eternal relationship that's never going to change. So if you draw a circle and you put an X inside of that circle, that X is you. And you are in Christ Jesus. You're in the circle. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I give unto you eternal life, and you will never perish, neither shall any man ever pluck you out of my Father's hand. My Father which gives you to me is greater than all." The Lord Jesus Christ made that plain. And so you are in Christ. You're in the circle. But we can now draw another circle. And if we put an X in that circle, that circle could represent temporary fellowship with God. And that means that you can get out of that circle Temporary fellowship with God is given when you are under control of the Holy Spirit, when he is controlling your life. But if the old sin nature is controlling your life, then the Bible says you are out of fellowship. You are carnal. You are fleshly. You're in the flesh. You're letting the old man run your life. And so this is a battle that you will face every day. Will you let the sin nature control your life, or will you allow the Holy Spirit to control your life? Well, the answer for us is always dynamic and simple. When we know we've sinned, when we are aware that we have sinned, we go to God the Father and we admit our sin. That's problem-solving device number one on the 10 problem-solving devices list that we do. Rebound. Rebound is recovery from sin. When you sin, First John 1, 9 makes it clear. If we will confess our sin, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to purify us from all of our wrongdoing. This is part of the problem in traditional Christianity today. This is not being taught spirituality is not being made plain. Thus people are going to church, people are involved in worship service while they are in fact out of fellowship with God by unconfessed sin in their life. Heck, a lot of people don't even know what sin is. A lot of people say, well I don't really sin because uh, I don't smoke and I don't drink and I don't say bad words. (laughs) Listen. The Bible says there are mental attitude sins. You can commit a sin and never get out of your seat. You could be seated and thinking about that person that you hate, that person that you cannot stand, whether it's your neighbor or whether it's one of your in-laws, but you can't stand them and you hate them, and the very thought of them makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up? That's called bitterness. And when you have bitterness in your soul, you are, in fact, sinning. It's a mental attitude sin. And you can commit a lot of different mental attitude sins. These sins can be jealousy, bitterness, envy, sins like that, fear. And so you have to learn to control these things so that they do not control you. And when you commit a sin, you have to go to God and admit it. So let's assume you're seated there and you're thinking about this jerk that you hate, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm sinning. I am sitting here wishing that this person would drop off the end of the earth. That's a sin. And until you go to God and admit the sin, you will be out of fellowship. Now, mental attitude sin, no one knows you did it. No one saw you do it. It's between you and God. It's the same way with lust or perversion. No one sees it. That's between you and God. But when you sin, you break fellowship with God. You do not break your relationship. You didn't lose your relationship with God because you sinned. You broke fellowship with God in time. Remember the two circles? One circle the X is in, that's your relationship with God, and that's eternal. The other circle is your fellowship with God, and that's temporal. Yes, you can get out of fellowship with God, but no, he's not going to kick you out of the relationship when you sin. He may discipline you, and the the Bible's clear about that, that there is discipline associated with sin in Romans 12.6 it talks about those whom God loves he disciplines and he scourges with a whip and so when we succumb to temptation when we give in to temptation we move into carnality and if we don't confess the sin then we are asking for discipline for God so mental (coughs) excuse me Mental attitude sins are one way that the sin nature controls your life. Another way could be a sin of the tongue, and this is very obvious, this takes place a lot of times. Sins of the tongue, and a sin of the tongue is you, could be called slander, malicious gossip, maligning, lying, it could be a lot of different things. So, if you have jealousy or or hatred or bitterness in your heart, in your thoughts, and now you begin to talk about that person that's the object of your hatred, then your tongue can become a lethal instrument of a chain of verbal sins in your life. Your tongue can be very vicious. It can be a vile form of carnality. You can get into sins of the tongue casually, thoughtlessly, haphazardly, even stupidly, but more often than not your motivation is circulated from some sort of hatred, vindictive, mental attitude sin. Don't ever be lured into talking about another person. If someone is talking to you and says, what do you think about old Joe Blow? It is not your position to answer that. If they ask you a question like that, you can say one or two things. What do you think about old Joe Blow? Or, I would rather not discuss Joe Blow. Let's discuss ourselves. See, we're not in the business of talking about other people. When we talk about other people, we sometimes malign them. When we talk about other people, we are gossiping about them. We can spread a lie that may not be true. We can spread rumors. Sometimes we uh, gossip, and, and, and sometimes we slander. You repeat a lie, you gossip. You repeat the truth, and you can slander a person. So you have to avoid that. The Bible says don't do that. Don't let your tongue get you out of fellowship with God. Maligning, judging vilifying someone it's become the object of your hatred is wrong and so today I want to challenge you if you've got someone in your mind that you can't stand if you've been talking about that person to another if you have slandered that person to another if you have maligned that person to another you need to confess that sin to God those unkind things you said about another person might be true But that's not the point. You're still committing the sin of judging. And you are superimposing your authority over God's authority. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12, 19, never take revenge. Let God handle it. Listen to this. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. If you are trying to get even with someone, because you're jealous of them, you're really doing that person a favor. Because when you malign them and talk about them and slander them and run them down, they're going to get blessing. Because the Bible says, don't judge lest you be judged. Because the way you measure, it's going to be measured back to you again. You can read it in Matthew 7, the first few verses. Actually, God will bless them because, and he will curse you because you can't keep your nose out of their business. The monkey over in Africa called the proboscis monkey that has that two or three foot long nose, that can be you. So when you see somebody doing something you don't understand, don't go running to someone and say, do you know what I saw? I saw, oh, so and so do. It's none of your business. You let the Lord handle it. If this is a child of God, God can handle his own children without you having to handle it for him you want to be a miserable Christian you just continue to malign people continue to judge people and you will find yourself the most miserable person in the world, you're asking for it because this is one of the seven sins that God says he hates in Proverbs 6.16-19 6, through 19. that's right Seven sins God says he hates in Proverbs six sixteen through 19. And it's not the stupid movie that they came out with about the seven sins, some goofy thing. No, this is the real deal. And one of them is sticking your nose in someone else's business. So we have sins of the tongue, we have mental attitude sins, and we have overt sins. These can be a source of discipline as well. Our old sin nature can tempt us to do horrible things. Drunkenness, stealing, adultery, even murder are overt activities the Bible names as sin in Exodus 20, 13 through 15 and also in Romans 13, 9. So these things can cause you to be, really get into a lot of discipline in your life. You know, these verbal sins and mental attitude sins, they can hurt people too. This overt sins, that can really be the problem. You get punched in the nose. And so what did you do? You, you punch somebody else in the nose, right? Listen, what did you solve? Two wrongs don't make it right. You, you never solve a problem by creating a problem. Try to remember that. You don't solve a problem by creating a problem. You're just going to bring shame and discredit to yourself if you seek revenge. Let the Lord handle it. Paul put it this way. I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God's plan for each one of us is to advance, to move, to be a mature believer, to glorify Jesus Christ to the maximum in our life. That's why we're told to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. That's why we're told to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Your old sin nature, you got it. And I don't care if you're 80 or 18, it can come out at any moment in time. A person that's 80 years old is not going to be tempted like a person that's 18 years old just because of the physical aspect of growing older. But they can sin just as much. I've often used the illustration of, and you may have heard me use it here, of a young girl who comes to church and she's pregnant. And uh, some older woman in the church begins to judge her. And maybe she says they shouldn't let her in here like that. She ought to be ashamed of herself. Look at what she's doing. yeah, I mean, yeah boy, they begin to run her down and malign her. And yet this is the same little old lady that every Sunday puts flowers in front of the pulpit so that she can hear the praise of the pastor. She lives for his approbation. She lives to hear him say, oh, Mrs. Smith, we love those flowers. Oh, Mrs. Smith, thank you for the brownies. And Miss Smith just loves to hear her name called out. That's approbation, lust. Now, the little girl, that's a different story. That might have been sex lust. But you don't think Mrs. Whatever at 80 years old is going to have sex lust. That's not the same pattern. You see what I'm saying? The lust is always there, but you're going to lust for different things. And so as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you must learn to recognize when your old sin nature is sticking its head out. And you must learn how to control the sin nature. You must learn not to let it take control of your life. It's there. It's always there. And it's going to be there until you die. This is one of the reasons that you have to die. Your body is infected with sin, and this body won't work in heaven. You're going to get a new body, a resurrection body, a body like the body of Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that body will not have a sin nature it'll be a body like the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember that as long as you're here, you have a sin nature, and you have a Bible, you have the filling of the Holy Spirit, you have the necessary assets to overcome that. And listen, even when you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, the Bible says in 1 John 2. You have a defense attorney. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He will defend you. Satan may go before the Father and try to malign you and say, look at him. He's supposed to be a Christian. Look what he's doing. And the Lord Jesus Christ will defend you. He's mine. I will take care of him. I will handle this. That's what 1 John 2 talks about, our advocate in heaven, even our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan is an accuser. He's always been an accuser. We don't need to give him any more ammunition than he already has. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our flaws. He knows our failures. And he will be quick to bring them up. And so we must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must learn to recognize the sin nature and its trends towards, listen, your sin nature can have a trend towards degeneracy and your sin nature can have a trend towards legalism you know it's one thing to be immoral the immoral degenerate is very wicked but there's also a moral degenerate and the moral degenerate is the man who will kill you and think he's doing god a favor he thinks he doesn't sin because he doesn't do certain things and he thinks that God has put him here to run the show, and he's a degenerate, but he's moral. And the immoral degenerate, listen, at least you know where to find him. You know where he's going to be. He may be at the bar. He may be at whatever, but you know what he's up to. But that immoral, but excuse me, the moral degenerate, well, you don't know what that guy's thinking. He's often very religious. He's often very self-righteous. And he often assumes that he's been put here to correct people and straighten people out. I bet you know somebody like that. I bet you know some super spiritual, moral degenerate who thinks he's better than everybody else. And he promenades to church every Sunday, makes sure that he gives money, and he wants everybody to know how much he gives. Make sure that he acts in self-righteous and holy, even in his conversation you know that's a phony baloney sort of guy sometimes and that's the guy you and i do not want to be god wants you to be yourself he gave you your own identity your own personality and he gives you the option of taking his word and learning it using it growing and as you do you'll be able to know when your sin nature is raising its ugly head and you'll be able to know the difference between temptation coming from the sin nature and temptation coming from the world. And you will be able to know when you've sinned, when you failed, and how to recover from your sin by using the rebound technique and confessing your sin to God. And you will know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will know when you're carnal and under control of the sin nature. So think about it. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. Until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Floodline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama 35054 or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.